I, man, if I hear that somebody's preaching, oh, I'm not preaching now. Alice is going to share a little bit on relations. So I'll come next. I have a PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> listen, when I was young, my favorite, if somebody said they're preaching on dating and relationships, that was, that was just the best message. And especially when they're talking about 12 dating mistakes and, and, and relationships. Oh, man, I love that message. So, so I, is anybody here like that? Oh, thanks, thanks for being honest. Thanks for being honest. Amen. And all the rest of you, you need to repent for your sin because, you know, if something happens, you're not saved. But because, you know, <laughs> you, you lied right there. <laughs> so uh, I know tonight's going to be exciting. And I know you're going to leave this place begging for a copy of our notes, Alex's notes and my notes. Uh, we'll be selling them after church uh, auction right there. Uh, we've got it in the back. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have the notes, copies of the notes. And trust me, it's going to be good. Tonight is going to be good. So uh, I'm excited. Brother Alex, i uh, love to hear from you. God bless you guys. Okay. Um, wow, it's a microphone. Um, well, we are very, very happy to be here. Amen. My youth, say hello. Say amen if you agree. Amen. There you go. Amen. Uh, we want to thank you guys for having us again. It's a great pleasure to be here. And um, I spoke with Russell today over text messaging. It's getting to the point where people don't even call the people anymore where you just text message. And I was like, what are you speaking about? And he's like, relationships. I was like, okay, I'll prepare something too. So I prepared a word about somebody that I love preaching about in the Bible. He's one of my favorite people. I, my youth has heard me speak about him numerous times, and I still don't get tired of speaking about him, and he's a perfect example of relationships. I'm going to preach to you about Joseph. Now, you guys are probably thinking, Joseph. Okay, what does Joseph have to do with this? I'll tell you. Relationships. Okay, I'm a young guy. I've been through a few relationships, so I'm not going to start talking about dating. Um, I'm not married or anything, so I can't even touch that subject. But what I can talk about is relationships with God. And Joseph is a perfect example of, of that. And there are relationships can be, they can be spiritual, they can be physical, they can be mental, and they can be emotional. Joseph went through, most of us know the story of Joseph, correct? We all know what he went through in his lifetime. And some of the most important ones were he went through betrayal, he went through pain, uh, he had a relationship based on trust. He even went through temptation, and he went through punishment, undeserved punishment. And uh, the first part I'm going to read about is in Genesis chapter 37, verse 23. It says here, So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. They took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Now, what does this have to do with relationships? Joseph, we all know, had these beautiful dreams, and he told his brothers and his father. And apparently, his relationship with his brothers was not that great. I mean, he loved them. He loved them. He went out there to go see them, how they're doing. But their relationship towards him was different. So what did they do? They took his really cool jacket, threw him into a pit. 
Good brothers, huh? I have a little brother, and, you know, I just can't imagine doing that to him, even though sometimes I want to. But aside from that, later on in Genesis, I'm going to skip to the part where his brothers talk about this. It's in uh, Genesis 42, 21. And they said so. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty of concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. So his brothers, they, they were his brothers. They had a pretty strong relationship, a pretty strong bond, a brotherhood. And then later on, they admitted to it that they caused him great pain and that they, well, they sold him. So that's not a very good relationship based. Further on, in this man's life, he did not give up after he was sold. God was with him, and he never gave up on God. Further on, it, all, it says in 39.24, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and, the, and his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and, that, and all that he had and put him under his authority. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if my brother sold me as a slave and God put that occurrence in my life, I honestly do not know how I would handle that. I would not be a very happy person, especially after my brother would betray me so much in my relationship. But Joseph... Joseph never took anger out. He never said, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Why'd you punish me? In his relationship throughout, even with people, Joseph was still blessed. And then Joseph also suffered through temptation. And not only any temptation, but temptation from a woman, which we all know from previous Russell's messages is probably the strongest temptation there is. Another famous saying we still say is cold turkey. Thank you, Russell. And it says also in 39, verse 7, Then it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Okay. We, I wouldn't call that a relationship with her, but the relationship he had with his master led to such actions. And, of course, we know what happens. She betrayed him. She betrayed him, and in 39, 19 and 20, it says, So it was when his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did, not, did, not, did to me after this matter that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. Okay, now, I'll put myself in this position. The relationship I have with God is strong right now. But in order to live through something like this, in order to go through what Joseph went through, he must have had, seriously, the strongest relationship with God. He must have, he must have put everything, everything into God's hands. And it says here that God was with him. So far, nothing good has ever happened to Joseph. He had these dreams. He told his brothers. His brothers sold him. They threw him into a pit. 
he became a slave. He was a good slave. He worked hard. God blessed him. And then the wife of the master lied and said that he tried to sleep with her. So pretty much Joseph is having pretty bad luck with relationships. And further on, if you read ahead, it speaks about how Joseph was in prison and God was still with him, still saw favor in him, and he gave him the ability to interpret dreams. And Joseph interpreted the dreams of the baker and of the servant. And little did Joseph know that everything that he went through, every punishment, every bad relationship that he put up with was a blessing in disguise. Because if that did not happen, if he did not get sold, if he was not put into that pit, if he was not sold as a slave, then he would never have been placed as second in command of all of Egypt. Second in command of all of Egypt is a pretty big, pretty big thing. And the message I'm trying to say is, even throughout all his suffering, even throughout being sold as a slave, Joseph, it even says in the Bible, he was never even angry or upset or just downright, he just never gave up. He never even gave up with human beings. It never says anything about him angering towards another human being. He had the worst possible things happen to him in his life. I look at my life and I see all the hardships and troubles that I go through and that my youth goes through and that everybody has hard times right now. And I ask myself, God, my relationship with you is great, but I want my relationship with you to be like Joseph. I want to be able to get up, even if I do get sold as a slave, I want to be able to go through it like Joseph did. I want to be able to say, my God is a God that will never leave me, and I know he will not. Amen? Now, my main focus of this message, I just want everybody here to know that in our present time, whatever relationship we have with each other, is so important because what we have with each other is is under God's view. God sees this. And it's important that we have a great relationship with God. And if you're ever having a hard time or if you're ever thinking that you're having a bad relationship with a spouse or with a girlfriend or with a boyfriend or with your parents, open Genesis 37 and read about Joseph because Joseph had some bad relationships. But the only relationship that ever matters in our life is a relationship with God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Alex. He, has, he can be here. He laid the foundation down for, for, my, me, for my message that I'm going to be sharing tonight, which is, which is awesome. Awesome. Because uh, if your, your relationship with God is not right, no matter who you date, it could be the most handsome, beautiful, you know, guy or, you know, the most prettiest girl. But if your relationship with God is not right, you can still be unhappy in your relationship with them. So that's awesome. Uh, before I start talking, I want to call out some people here. Brother Rodney, Brother Aaron, come on over here. Let's get a microphone. We're, gonna, we're talking about dating tonight. Didn't you guys want to hear some... And they don't know I'm going to be calling them up. So get a microphone. Let's get a microphone. 
And before I start talking about dating, we're going to ask them some questions. Uh, I'll ask them questions and, and, uh, and uh, you know, then we'll start talking and point out uh, some cool stuff. So uh, tell us a little bit just, uh, you know, how long you've been married and, um, you know, your wife's name for the people that don't know and your name. I'll start. Uh-huh. I've been married just over eight years. It was uh, eight years in June and married to Lacey. And she uh, was an angel. She saved me. You know, I was uh, in college when I met her, and uh, her brother had introduced me. We were best friends, and, and uh, I wasn't living a very moral life at the time. I'd, I'd slid a lot since my younger days, which I grew up in the Christian church, and I uh, went off to a secular college. And uh, that was a big challenge, and I was failing a challenge. And, and uh, thanks to Lacey, I kind of got back in line, and, and so I give her a lot of credit for that. Wow, that's so. awesome. There. What was the question? Uh, how long you've been married, and just just you know a little bit about your relationship. I don't want to repeat now, but um, I've been married to Catherine for uh, four years, almost four years. We got married in 2004, so yeah, almost four years, and kind of a similar situation. I've got a microphone. <laughs> I didn't think I needed it. Anyway, so you know, I was headed down a a, a really rough road, and and. Uh, there was a, I went through a bad relationship where I, you know, I'd, I'd been through about five and I had actually got on my knees and cried out to God that, that I needed some, some, some saving here because I was, you know, I mean, this is a, it's a really touchy situation when you just don't care about life anymore. You don't think that there's anything worth living for because uh, you think that there's nothing out there for you. And, and over a period of the next four months, I met Catherine and I met her family and and before you know it, she just started bringing me to church here. And, and I thought this was a wonderful church because they, they accepted me for who I was and they wanted to love me and they always do a hug and howdy. So it wasn't, wasn't like, you know, you go to Destiny or a big church where you might not meet anybody. That's how I was. I didn't meet anybody in two weeks. So I come here and wonderful. Everybody loved me and accepted me. And over time I started coming for church instead of coming for Catherine. And she kind of got upset about that, but that's all right. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, eventually we did get married. I proposed to her on Valentine's Day in 2000 and, in 2004, and we set the date for September 18th, and, and we were married, you know, and she really did save me. Her family brought me in and, and just uh, nurtured me, and I was, I was saved not wow. too long after that. Uh, I, yeah, I totally didn't pick, you know, two guys who were saved by, you know, I mean, who came to the Lord because of their uh, future spouses. That's awesome. Uh, and... and Fifteen seconds. How did you propose? We did this at Sweetheart Bank, but we all went through this. But uh, I know, but they these there. guys, yeah, they weren't there. <laughs> well, uh, down where I grew up in southwestern Oklahoma, there was a a decent sized hill, which in Oklahoma qualifies as a mountain. <laughs> and, uh, so I took her up on that with uh, the Bible, and we were just—it was actually an early Sunday morning, and we were looking out over a lake and, and talking and stuff. And I proposed, and she said yes. So I was. I was relieved and blessed all at the same time. So. Cool. Well, me and the old daddy went out to Sam's one day, so I had to get the permission first. And when he said, go for it, you know, <laughs> it wasn't too long after that I started planning. And, you know, I, I got the mother-in-law involved, and we tried to keep Kathy from knowing, but she's pretty snoopy, so she found <laughs> out. But anyway, you know, I, I had the whole place set up. I lived in a little house, and I had it all set up, and I videotaped it. And I got on my knees and recited her a poem, and she, she said yes. Hmm. I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh, do you remember the poem? Oh, 
I could try. Do you guys want to hear it a little bit? Come on. Uh, oh, love, uh, oh, littlest lovely lady of mine, what shall I do for a valentine? Summer and flowers are far away. Gloomy old winter is king today. The buds will not bloom and the sun will not shine. What shall I do for a valentine? I've searched the gardens all through and through for a bud to tell of my love so true. But the flowers are dead and the snow is coming down on my poor little head. So little loveliest lady mine, here's my heart for your valentine. Oh. All right. <laughs> Woo. All the guys are writing that down. <laughs> you can pay them later. <laughs> and um, one more question. How did you know that she was the one that, that you've eventually proposed to her and, and got married to her? Was, there a, was it an angel came at night to you and says, Brother Rodney, she's the one. Or, or how, how did you know that she was the one? Because I, I think that's what everybody's kind of wondering right now. That's a good question, and uh, we, I, I have to emphasize, we had been friends for about a year. Her brother had actually introduced us and said, here's my little sister, take care of her. And I always tell people that story, and I say, oh, I'm still taking care of her. Huh. But uh, we'd been friends and really gotten to know one another, you know, for a year before we ever started dating. And then it just built from there. And uh, there was never really a time, I don't know, it just, it just, it just kept building, there was... Finally, a time where I thought she's the one. But it, but it wasn't one magical day. It was just a, a great process over time. So, What about you, Brother Aaron? Well, like I said, I mean, I, I was on a rough road, and a, a lady that would bring me to church and just invite me, you know, so of course she was seeing somebody when she invited me. So for her to bring me to church and, you know, be, you know, wanting to know about my salvation was, was good enough, but to know. You know, and guys, think about this, and ladies also. She really honored her mother and father. Mm-hmm. And to find somebody like that, it's it's almost impossible nowadays because kids really try not to obey their parents. I'm not speaking of, of people who have Christ in their life because she was the first one that I dated that actually had Christ in her life. I mean, that's not what wasn't a concern to me until I met her. And as I see how she honored her parents and she took care of her family, that was something that really took me in because I knew that she would honor me and take care of me mm-hmm. and my family. So, wow, that's awesome. That's, I, I'm going to mention that a little bit today. Awesome. Thank you, men, so much. We'll ask some more questions if, if you come today. Relationships 101. Uh, let's go up to the next slide. Um, about mine, I'll, I'll talk about it during my message. I'll share a lot of stuff about our marriage. You'll hear enough about our marriage, how good it is. <laughs> um, Relationships 101. Uh, before I start talking about dating traps and dating mistakes, uh, I want to I mention this and lay the groundwork a little bit for this. Um, first I want to say is that marriages are not made in heaven, but rather here on earth. There's a belief that, you know, there's only this one magical one and God pre-appointed and, and, and so you just, you know, got to go out and find her. And, 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 and it just seems like marriages were made in heaven and, you know, nothing here on earth. Uh, I, I want to say another thing, just to kind of lay the groundwork as well, is that Christian marriages are never perfect and need a lot of work to make them work. Another thing is, getting married will neither make you complete nor whole. There's a belief, especially young people, that say that, you know what, if only I get married 
And it comes when you hit about the age of 20, 21, you know. You, you, you start thinking that if only I get married, I'll become complete. I'll become whole. Well, I want to break that to you today and say that getting married will neither make you complete nor whole. Because the person most responsible for your happiness is you. And so it was so important to what, was Alex, what Alex was talking about today that, hey, our relationship with God is going to make us happy, not, not our relationship with somebody else. And so the person most responsible for your happiness is you. Uh, next slide. I want to lay down some rules for mate selection. I'm going to, uh, and what I'm going to get to is, this, uh, before you start dating, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you five questions that you must ask. You must ask before you propose to these people. Or before you say yes. If you're a girl and somebody proposes, you have to answer these five questions. And if you can answer them correctly, then you can say to this person that you, yes, I will get married. Or if you're a guy, before you can propose to a girl, you have to ask yourself these five questions. And if you can answer them correctly, then it's a person you can get married to. If you answer these questions incorrectly, if, they, you know, if one of these questions you cannot answer honestly, correctly, then it's a person you need to drop. All right? So last time my big word was, was uh, cold turkey. Today is going to be drop it. All right? Drop it. <laughs> but rules, some rules for mate selection. Choosing your marriage partner should never be based on love alone. Uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes they say, I don't know how it's done in, in American weddings, they say, you know, the foundation for getting married, they say, you know, do you, what's the foundation, why are you getting married? And if they say, by love, in Russian, polubi, polubi, then, you know, by love, that means, okay, we can get married. Uh, you know, love is, is an emotion. Love is a, uh, it's something that can come and go. The feeling that the love, that the, the emotion, the feeling, it's a result of a good marriage. So if a marriage is working, the feeling of love is going to be there. But if a marriage is not working, for some reason the love is gone. So love is an emotion that can come and go. And so a marriage cannot be based, or you cannot get married to somebody just because you have the feeling of love. Because very often, especially when you start dating, man, the feeling of love is so great, so big, that, that you think, man, there's, there's nothing negative about this person. You, you fall so blindly in love that you don't see anything negative about this person. And today I'm going to tell you that marriage should not be based on love alone. Uh, love, lo, love alone is not sufficient basis for getting married. Love is a result of a good marriage. When other ingredients are right, then the love will come. And so I'm going to teach you today five big questions. Five big questions you must ask. And if you don't have a paper or pen, you'll, you'll, you'll have to buy my notes. Because this is, this is five big questions. If you ever call me and say, Russell, you know, I, I want to get married. Guess what I'm going to tell you? Have you asked the five big questions? Okay, five big questions. These are five questions you must ask before you can get married to somebody. The first question that you must ask is, do we share a common life purpose? And here I'm going to start talking a little bit about my marriage. Um, as you know, in, in, in today's society, one of the biggest things that people are after is money, right? Money, big house, nice cars, and, and things like that. And, you know, it's okay. You know, if, if your goal in life is to have, you know, good money and, and, and have a nice car and... and to have to live the American dream, but 
But see, my purpose, my life purpose was a little bit different. Uh, you know, I knew that, hey, I can end up living in India, you know, for 10 years, for 20. I can end up going to, close your ears, Iraq. You know, I don't care, Africa. My life purpose was, was ministry. Uh, some of you have heard maybe my testimony out before I came to Oklahoma. I got into real estate. And I made a lot of money. And, and you know, a year or so, I, I sold tons of property, about $5 million worth, which is tons. And if you count out the percentage-wise, that's a lot of money. I made a lot of money. But, you know, the person that I married, Tanya, I, I, I knew that my life purposes and, and her life purposes are are equal, the same. And so when we were both making a lot of money, we, we bought a house that was huge. Me and her, me and Tanya, we bought a big house in Seattle area. Huge. I mean, 2,600 square feet. Uh, it's like six bedrooms. Right? Two stories, six bedrooms, and only me and my wife living in that house. Uh, you know, it's kind of expensive, but hey, you know, we were both making money. And after a couple months, we lived in that house how many months? Three months. We sat down and we said, hey, this is not our life purpose. To have such a nice house. You know, I was making money. I bought a Lexus. And, and, and you know, we had everything we wanted. We were making money. We sat down and we said, hey, this is not our life purpose. We said, hey, we're going to leave everything and go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to a Bible college. And, you know, from the outside... My manager, you know, when, when you're a real estate agent, you work at, a, at an office, you know. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're self-employed, but you still have an office. My manager was thinking, I'm crazy. Because here I am making all this money. I'm making more money than real estate agents who've been working for 20, 30 years. You know, here I am making a name for myself. You know, making a lot of money. She's thinking, you're crazy. You're leaving everything behind to, to, to go to a Bible college. But my life purpose was different. And, and you know what makes our marriage strong is we share a common life purpose. Number one thing that you need to ask when you start dating somebody, when you are in a relationship with somebody, you, with somebody, when you start to find out their life purpose, you need to honestly ask yourself, hey, do we share the same life purpose? What is our ultimate dream, our ultimate goal in life? If it's the same, you can go on to question two. If it's not the same, you need to drop it. Can you say drop him? Drop him. Listen, if your life purpose is to, is to go to uh, Ukraine and work in an orphanage and work with orphan kids, and, and his life purpose is, you know, be a truck driver and travel around the United, uh, America and, and, and see, see your wife every two weeks, you know, you got some different life purposes right there. You need to have a, I'm talking about, not national. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> then I turn off my microphones, turn off my PowerPoint and leave. <laughs> that was the last time I mentioned truck drivers in this church, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, you need to have a common life purpose. All right? Your life purpose needs to, needs to be the same. When it's the same, you guys can move on in, in family. Hey, why am I here in Tulsa? Because, because I, got, I married a wife who had a common life purpose. If I would have married somebody else, guess what I would have been doing right now? Making money, being miserable. Making money, being miserable. The second question, once you answer the first question, if it's positive, the second question that you need to ask is, 
Do I feel safe sharing my feelings and thoughts with this person? Listen to this. Feeling safe means you can communicate openly with this person. Feeling safe is if you're able to feel safe when you share your thoughts and feelings with that person, you you feel like you're not going to get punished for being honest. Feeling safe means that, listen, an abusive person makes you afraid to express your thoughts and feelings. Be honest with yourself. Make sure you feel emotionally safe with the person you plan to marry. The person you're dating, are you safe? Do you feel safe sharing your thoughts? Are they abusive? Is that a person who, 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 who gets mad when you, when you tell them something honestly, openly? Now, I'm not an abusive person, and my wife will, will testify to that. And that's why she said, you know, she said, okay, question two will work. Why? Because one day, I love, I love some clothing. That, you know, I don't care about clothing, but something that I've really loved is... Jeans and a jacket, sports jacket, you know, like a, like a suit jacket. I love work, wearing jeans and a, and a suit jacket. I, I think it's cool. Well, my wife, she absolutely thinks it's, it's the worst dress, uh, you know, worst way to dress. And so when, you know, when I was, you know, unmarried and dating and, and you know, I... I, my mom didn't buy my clothes. I bought my clothes, you know. And so I'd buy jeans and, and a suit jacket, and I'd love to wear that, you know, style it, maybe have a polo shirt underneath, a suit jacket and jeans. Well, my wife didn't like it. And there will be things in your marriage that you won't like in your spouse. And so guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to approach him. And when you approach your future spouse and say, hey, you know, I really don't like that style. Hey, if they get abusive about it, that's not a person you need to be seeing. That's not a person you need to get married to. If that's a person who gets abusive, now this is a you know, very simple, uh, you know, very simple, very small example, but, but I'm talking about you know, maybe even serious things. You approach somebody about their relationship with their parents and they get so abusive and mad and angry. If you're dating a person, you're, you're going to start seeing somebody and, and you notice in them a, a person who's abusive. That's not a person you want to go into a relationship with. Uh, you know, I have uh, an aunt who, who married, uh, you know, who got in an abusive relationship. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was just tough. It's a, it's a tough position to be in. It, it just, it doesn't work. And so what you need to do is you need to do your homework before you get married. Hey, is this person I feel safe sharing my, my feelings with? And, uh, you know, maybe they won't hit you at first, but if, if you see anger in them, if you see them getting, you know, mad, hey, today they're going to be angry. Tomorrow they're going to start shoving. After tomorrow they're going to start throwing. So you don't want to continue a relationship with somebody who is abusive. So my wife approached me about that. And as much as I love it, I don't wear jeans with the suit jacket. And I pray, Lord, change your mind sometime. Uh, you know, I pray that so some of the big chain stores start advertising, you know, this is the coolest way to dress and my wife will convert one day. Yeah, I, I, yeah, my wife approached me, and, and so, you know, I, 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 I'm not abusive. I, I had to listen, you know. <laughs> hey, in every relationships, in every relationship, there are things, there are things that, about the other person that you, you just have to balance it out. You're going to have to give in some. Everybody's going to have to give in some, change some things about ourselves. I had to change things about myself. 
And, and you know what? You, you want to marry a person who you will feel safe sharing, hey, this really irritates me. Or this kind of gets me mad. When you do this and this. Or when you act this way and this way. And the person you're dating needs to be willing to say, okay, yeah, I, 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 you know, maybe, maybe it's going to take me a while, but I'm willing to work at it. You want to marry a person who's, who says, I'm willing to work at it. Once they say, hey, if you feel safe, I can talk to this person about some things, and I can be honest with this person, I'm ready to move on to number three. If you cannot, drop that person. A better person is going to come. Say, drop it. Number three. Is this someone who is a refined and sensitive person? What I mean by this. Does this person work on personal growth on a regular basis? Is this person serious about improving himself or herself? Is this someone who is always striving to be good and to do the right thing? Listen, what does this person do with his or her time? Free time. Is this person materialistic? Basically, the person you're dating, you need to ask yourself honestly, is this a person that's going to be, you know, that's going to get grumpier and grumpier? Or is this a person who's going to work on himself? Is this a person that, that's, you know, reading books and always trying to, 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 to be somebody better? Or is this a person who all he does all day is play video games? You know, that's all that he does. And, and, and he really doesn't put in time and effort to improve himself. Improve his attitude, improve his character. You know, if this is a person that's always, and that's all he does is, is play video games all day, ladies, you don't want that kind of a man. And all the ladies said, Amen. and all the ladies said, Amen. I just want the guys to hear it, all right? <laughs> Listen, you want to marry a person who, who's willing to work on themselves. And one of the key factors about that is, hey, reading books, you know, reading books. If you're, if you're dating somebody and you say, hey, let's read a marriage book together. And they say, I've got everything down. I, I don't need no marriage books. Uh, you need to question that, that relationship. If this is a person who say, hey, let's do premarital counseling. Right? Is that what it's called? Premarital counseling? You say, hey, let's do premarital counseling. And this person says, you know what? I can teach you and the counselors how to get married. I don't need no premarital counseling. Hey, this is a person who's not refined, who's not sensitive, who's not willing to work on his attitude, on his character. This is not a person you want to continue a relationship with. This is not a person you want to, you want to go into a communion, you want to get married to, because this is a person, you're just going to be stuck with somebody grumpy. You, know, you want to be married to somebody who's willing to change, who's willing to work on themselves, who's willing to become a better person. Amen? If you can say yes to this, you can move on to question four. If you cannot say yes to this, you, you have to what? Drop him. Number four. How does he or she treat others? This is going to be something what Aaron was talking about. Listen, is this someone who enjoys giving pleasure to others or is he or she wrapped up in himself or herself and self-absorbed? How does he or she treat people whom he or she does not have to be nice to, such as waiters, and taxi drivers. How does this person treat parents and siblings? Does he or she have gratitude and appreciation? Does this individual show respect? Does he gossip and speak badly about others? Listen, you can be sure that someone who treats others poorly will eventually treat you poorly as well. And so I want to challenge you to this. 
If you are dating somebody or you're starting a dating relationship, you go out to a, a restaurant with them, and they are mean to a, to a wait, waiter. You know, they're, they're doing this. You know, I want food now. When, 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 when they're done, they, they, don't, they don't, you know, the restaurants, they, they don't leave a tip. They're like, she, don't, she doesn't deserve a tip. You know, and, and they're mean to the wait, waitress. Listen, the way they treat the waitress is the way they're going to be treating you. You guys heard that? The way they treat the waitress, ladies, the way a guy treats a waitress is going to be the way he treats you. If you're dating somebody who's mean to his mom, to his mom does not have a good relationship with his mom, you know, always angry, and they, they, don't, they just can't talk together, you know, he's, he's always yelling at his mom. Listen, what the, the relationship with his mom, that's the kind of relationship he's going to have with you. If he's always angry with his mom, always yelling, and he, there's no just... He's not sweet to his mom, nice to his mom. Guess what? You're going to get married to somebody who's going to be, eventually, yeah, he'll be sweeter, you know, during the honeymoon. Once you come home, he's, his, his, his old habits, they're just going to start showing up. And you're going to begin to see that, hey, this is, this is a person who's not going to treat you well. So you, before you get married, I know love is going to come upon you. You're going to feel like, man, I'm in love. Well, before, before you say yes and get married to Ask this question. Does this person treat others well? Uh, guys, you need to look at that you know, girl's relationship with, with her dad. You know, just with parents uh, in general. And, and you need to make sure that this is a person who does work on their relationship with their parents. Now, if you're here, sitting here and saying, man, but my relationship with my parents is not that well. Hey, there's a challenge for you. Work on that relationship. Because the way you... you the, 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 the way you interact with your parents is going to be the way you interact with your spouse it's just it, look at all statistics look at all research it's there so you need to you need to work on your relationship with your parents and make sure the person you're dating or the person you say yes to is somebody who treats others well right? treats people like the taxi driver or the waitress make sure they treat them well if, if you can say yes to number four and you can say yes he or she treats them well you can move on to number five. If you cannot honestly say yes to number four, you need to drop him. The last question before we get to 12 dating mistakes is this. Is there anything I'm hoping to change about this person after we get married? Too many people make the mistake of marrying someone with the intention to try to improve him or her. Listen, you can expect most people to change after marriage for the worse not for the better. If you cannot fully accept someone the way they are now, then you are not ready to marry them. Falling in love is a great feeling. However, when you wake up married, you don't want to find yourself in trouble because you didn't, you didn't do your homework. All right? Listen, if you're dating somebody or you're, you know, you're looking to date somebody and maybe you're, you know, you're going towards marriage and you've already got a list going of things I'm going to change after the wedding, I'm sorry, that, that list is just going to get left behind when you go to your honeymoon. Or it's going to get left behind at the honeymoon, you know. If, if, you, if there's some serious things about the person you're dating that, that you know, you say, there's definitely stuff that I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to change this, and I'm going to change this, and I'm going to change this about him. Uh, you know, concerning, you know, I'm not talking about jeans and, and jacket, you know. Uh, uh, concerning attitude issues, uh, character issues. 
If there are things that you really don't like, you know, how he, uh, how he acts in public, uh, what he does around people, if you don't really like about that, then, then, then you need to reconsider your relationship. Okay? Uh, you need to talk to that person now instead of later. Uh, because later, you know, it's going to be too late. You're just going to be married to a person who's, who you're really not going to be happy with, you know. And it's going to take you some time to adjust. Because you were hoping, hey, I'm going to change this or this about this person. When really in reality, uh, you know, people don't change for the better. They change for the worse. All right. So if they were, if they were uh, you know, not really, they were kind of sometimes throwing, uh, you know, leaving their shirt. Or their, uh, you know, the guys that were leaving their you know, dirty clothes on the ground, just, just sometimes, well, they're going to get, you know, it's going to become a habit to where they're going to do it more and more, all right? So, you know, if there is something that you're, you know, saying, I'm going to just start changing about this person, uh, accept them the way they are. And if you can accept them the way they are, and if you, if you say, you look at a person, and you say, you know what, if they don't change for the rest of their life, this is a person I want to be with, then, then you can proceed. But if you're looking at that person who says, all right, I'll only be happy if you'll change this and this about him, uh, that, that's not somebody you want to continue on in a relationship. All right? Can somebody say, we want the 12 dating traps? 12 dating, traps. Right, 12 dating mistakes. Five big questions. Listen, you need to ask these five, five questions. Once you answer those five questions, then you start looking at your dating habits and mistakes and, and what I'm going to talk about here. But... If you cannot answer correctly these five questions, please reconsider that relationship. Uh, because, you know, with the divorce rate so high in, in our country today, and in the church, guess, you, know, you know why it happens? Because people fall in love. And when they fall in love, they get blinded by all the negatives. They don't see the negatives. They fall in love once they get married, a year or two later. They, they begin to notice, hey, this is not a person who's sensitive, refined. This is not a person who's nice, treats me well. This is a person who's abusive and angry. And they get divorced. When really, you could have discovered that before you gotten married. Really, you could have discovered that before you gotten married. All right. We want to talk about 12 dating traps, 12 dating mistakes in relation to dating and, 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 and relationships. Now, uh, my question to you guys, because, you know, there might be some here who don't believe dating is, you know, you, you say, hey, you shouldn't date at all. Is, uh, do you guys believe dating is okay? Now, some, some call it, some don't call it dating, like uh, there's a book called by Joshua Harris that says, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And I remember when I was 14 years old, I was so into him, he was... You know, the, the Messiah. I mean, he was so good because, you know, he, was, he wrote a whole book against dating. And I was thinking, oh, this is so good because I was so into Jesus, I, you know, I didn't want to date. And, and so he, read the, he wrote a second book talking about courting, you know. So you got to court instead of date. Basically, it's the same thing. Uh, you can't get married without dating somebody. You can't get married without, you know, getting to know them better. So, uh, you know... Of course, we have limits and there are standards that we cannot cross in terms of a dating relationship. But you do need to see somebody before you get married to them. Now, remember last time I talked about, uh, I talked about living with somebody, cohabitating with somebody, and how negatively it affects the marriage relationship. There are only couples that cohabitate. One in ten only survive five years or, or longer. So uh, when, when I say, hey, you, you got to get to know somebody, you got to date somebody before you get married, I, I say that with... 
you know, with some rules. So, hey, we're, we're not talking about cohabitating. We're not talking about premarital sex. We're talking about, you know, seeing somebody and getting to know who they are. And then once you start dating somebody, um, there are 12 mistakes that you can make in a dating relationship or 12 dating traps that I want to talk about today, uh, which are exciting. I hope you got a pen and pencil to, to write these down. Are you guys ready for number one? Are you guys ready for number one? Whew, you guys are, I need some amens in here. Hanishka, can you start just, just I, they're not, they're not, you support me. <laughs> Twelve dating mistakes. Number one. Number one dating mistake is called the scarcity trap. This is when a person says, there are only a couple of guys left alive in this world, therefore I'm going to date the first guy I see behind the corner. Listen, it is a mistake to believe that there's a limited supply of possible partners, so you have to take what you can get or be left alone and never get married. You know why, what this mistake leads to? It leads to a relationship that fails because you settle for less and compromise. Let me explain this a little bit. There are some people that as a youth minister, I talked to and they, you know, and, and they start, they, especially the ones that are kind of getting older, like Vitaly and some of the other ones. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they start saying, man, there's, there's only like two girls left and if I don't get married to them, you know, there's only two girls left in our church. And if I don't get married to one of these girls, I, I'm never going to get married and I'm going to be a virgin for the rest of my life. So I just got to marry the girl that's left, you know. Listen, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. <laughs> it's a mistake to believe that there's only a limited supply of possible people that you can get married to. Because when you believe that, when you believe that there's only a limited supply, you marry, you, you know, you compromise. You know those five questions that, were, that I was talking about? You compromise on those questions. Even though he's abusive, you still decide to marry him because you think there's nobody else left. Even though he's abusive, you still decide to marry him because you think, you know, he's the only one that's going to go for me. You know what the solution is? The solution is to define your first choice of what you really want and persevere. Don't give up. Trust that if you apply yourself, you can get what you really want in your life. Listen, there's not a limited supply. There's billions of people in this world. There's billions of guys and girls that are not married. Don't fall into the trap. The devil's going to try to trap you in to make you believe that, you know what, this is the only guy, this is the only girl, and, and, and if you don't get married to them, you'll be a virgin for the rest of your life. It's a trap of the enemy. Because you compromise. And you really get married to a person who you really, you really don't have common life purposes. And then you have issues in your marriage. Right? Persevere. There is, there is a person who you're going to fall in love with. There is a person for you. And, and you know what? If you don't see him today, it's okay. And if you go over the age of 20, it's okay. I'd rather persevere and get married at 30. Listen, I'd rather persevere and get married at 30 than marry somebody who I'm going to be miserable with for five years and eventually end up in divorce court. How many of you with me? Listen, there is a person. All these people say, oh, what's up with you guys? You guys not with me? <laughs> All right. Hey, 
It's a mistake to believe there's only a limited supply of people left alive. And so you compromise. Persevere. You know, there is a person for you who you're going to fall in love with. There is a person alive who, who you can say yes to. All those five questions. Persevere until you get that person. You guys ready for the mistake number two? All right, mistake number two. It's called the marketing trap. And a person in that is going to say, if only I get Botox, he will surely fall in love with me. Or, it's the same thing a person is saying, all I have to do is I have to advertise myself more, and then I'll get, I'll, you know, then finally somebody will fall in love with me. Listen, believing that you need to make yourself more appealing to attract a partner and selling yourself with attractive packaging and presentation is a mistake. There's a high risk of disappointment and relationship failure because you cannot always have makeup on and you can't always be paying daily $100 to have your hair done. There's going to come a time when you wake up in the morning and you, you don't have makeup on. There's going to be days when you don't do your hair. And if you present yourself, listen, if you present yourself to be a chicken, when you're really a duck, guess what? When you present yourself to a chicken, guess who's going to fall in love with you? A chicken. There's a saying that says, that, that, that says this, listen, birds of feather flock together, so don't try to look like a prize-winning chicken when really you're a specialty breed of duck. The solution is authenticity. Be yourself. I mean, I'm not telling ladies, drop your makeup, you, you know. But be yourself. Don't pre present yourself to be a prize-winning chicken when really you are a duck. Because when you present yourself to be a prize-winning chicken and you, somebody who's a chicken falls in love with you and then you wake up in the morning and you start, you know, trying to make an egg when you're really a duck that's trying to fly. Hey, there's some different differences right there. Don't you think so? So listen, if you're a duck, present yourself to be a duck. You know, present yourself as a duck. If you're a chicken, present yourself to be a chicken. Don't present yourself to be somebody else who you really, and you're really not them. And, and, and what happens with the marketing trap is, you know, we fall in love with these TV personalities and we try to present ourselves just like these TV personalities. And you know what? And we, we act like somebody else. We, act, we, we, we do stuff with our bodies like somebody else. And then, and then when we finally get married, we try to be ourselves. And our spouse is going to look at us and say, Hey, who are you? And you say, hey, This is me. This is who you married. And, and you, know, you finally reveal who you are. And, and you're just going to be unhappy in life. Listen, you're going to be truly happy in your life only when you are authentic. When you are yourself, and somebody falls in love with you when you are yourself. Somebody loves you who you are. Right? You'll be truly happy in life when, when somebody knows you're a duck, and you're a duck, and, and, and he gets married because you're a duck. But if you're truly a, a duck, and, 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 and you present yourself a chicken, and he falls in love with you and thinking you're a chicken, uh, later in life you're about to, to come up and, and face some problems. Right? The solution is what? Authenticity. Be yourself. Be yourself. You guys ready for the, uh, mistake number three? All right. Let's go, go on to mistake number three. 
It's called a compatibility trap. Uh, it's the same thing as somebody says, she likes the Seahawks and she likes to go bowling. That means I got to get married to her. Listen, you cannot assume that if you have fun together and get along well, your compatible and a committed relationship will work. Just because both of you like football and hockey, or both of you like volleyball, does not mean your relationship is going to work. Just because you're compatible in some field, does not mean your relationship is going to work. The relationship is going to come to an end when, when you discover that, you know, the big differences uh, between a fun-focused recreational dating and a serious long-term committed relationship. You know what the solution is to not face, to not make this mistake? The solution is to define your goals and use them to scout, sort, and screen potential people. Not, you know, people who you like to play volleyball with. What's your goals in life? Those the five questions. Use them to get married to somebody. Not, hey, are they compatible with me in terms of sports? Or in terms of likes and dislikes, you know, hobbies? Or rec recreational activities? Guys, just because a girl is so into football and, and she likes to watch football, you know, does not mean your relationship is now going to be super because both of you like football. Uh, you need to have the same goals in life. And when, once you have the same goals in life, that's when your relationship is going to work. Not when you're incompatible in, in some sports activities. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Let's move on to the next, um, next uh, mistake. It's called the fairytale trap. Oh, I know my soulmate will magically appear and get me. I just have to wait. It is a mistake to expect your ideal partner to magically appear. Everything just happened and live happily ever after without effort on your part. If all you do is you're locked up in your room, miserable, thinking, all right, some fairy tale one day is going to appear and I'm going to get married to him and we're going to live happily ever after, it's a trap. It's a mistake. There has to be an effort on your part to find the person who you really love, who you have goals, common goals with. You know, there needs to be effort on your part. You cannot just sit back and say, you know what, I've, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do nothing. One pastor said, listen, if, if you're over 20, or I think over 25, he said, if you're over 25, and the group of friends that you're around with is all, you know, and he was talking to the girls. And he said, listen, if you're a girl over 25, and all your friends are only a group of girls that, you know, consists of four girls, and everything that you do is, is around these four girls, you don't ever do, spend any time with anybody else, listen, what, what you need to do is you need to change your friends. You need to get around some different people. Because just be, you know, if you're going to spend all your time with the same four girls, and you're never going to spend time with anybody else, guess what? <laughs> you're going to end up being a 50-year-old virgin. <laughs> it's a mistake to just sit back and just wait for a fairy tale to appear. There needs to be effort on your part. Listen, the solution is to take personal responsibility for your relationship choices. And outcomes. Have, uh, listen, the, the, the term here is initiate contact. Can you say initiate contact? If, 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 
if you're coming up to a point where you know you need need to be in a relationship, you want to be in a relationship, and it's just you're just not clicking. Hey, uh, you know, come up to a different group of friends, you know, in church next time, or uh, you know, instead of going with the same uh, four boys to play volleyball, why don't you you know call some 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 other group of friends and say, hey, let's let's hang out together, you know, initiate contact. Don't just sit in your room locked up, believing that a fairy tale is going to appear. And, and, and he's going to take you away. And you're going to get married to him. And he's going to be so beautiful and so handsome and so cool and make a lot of money. Alright? It's a trap. Are we ready for the next one? Only one person is. Alright. Thank you, Kristen. The next one is called Date to Mate Trap. It's a trap that says... Look at me, everybody. It's a trap that says... Just because he asked me out on the date, that means I'm going to get married. Listen to this. Oh my gosh, he asked me out. I can't wait to start looking for a dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wedding dress. Wedding dress. Just because he asked you out to date, on a date, or just because he asked to drive you home after church, does not mean you need to call your mom and be like, Mom, Mom, we're getting married. I think next summer we're going to get married. You know, or just because, just because Alex came up to you after church and said hello, does not mean you call your mom and say, Mom, I want to get married to a Ukrainian. Yeah, I, I don't know if his parents speak English, but I'm going to get married to a Ukrainian, you know. And then, Mom is just, and he, all he asked was, uh, oh, I'm Russian. <laughs> all right. Hey, just because you went on a date does not mean all of a sudden, you have to be considered as a couple that's getting ready to get married. You know what I mean? It's okay to be friends. You don't have to become a couple automatically just because you guys went out and had some coffee together. Don't become a couple automatically getting ready to get married. Enjoy just being friends. Take time to get to know each other without being an official couple. Alright? Because very often, when you become an official couple, then you feel obligated to make that couple work. To make that relationship work. And then you start not looking at the negatives, not paying attention to the negatives, and, and, and then you end up in a mess. Don't become a couple right away. Hey, be friends. Get to know each other. Spend time together, but don't be a couple getting married to get married. Listen, it's a mistake to believe that the first exclusive relationship you develop with somebody you are dating will result in a successful committed relationship. Because there's going to be pressure to make the relationship work, attempting to solve unsolvable problems and fit the round peg in a square hole because breaking up and being single again is undesired and an undesired outcome. The solution to this is, listen, don't become a couple right away. See a, a variety of people and have fun with them without being exclusive. Don't make the relationship exclusive until you, you're ready to make it exclusive. You know what I mean? Make careful relationship choices and, and, and consciously use a pre-commitment period. All right? A period before you make a commitment to somebody to determine if this is a, the right person for you. So it's a mistake to, to, to become a couple right away. Uh, so uh, the word courting, as uh, you know, as some people explain it, where they're, you know, they talk to each other, but but they do it in a group setting. 
before they, they make it an exclusive relationship. You know, they do it in a group setting to get to know each other, you know, to see, hey, what is the answer to number one? What is the answer to number two? Remember the five questions? You want to answer those five questions. And before you propose, you need to know the answer to those five questions. And when you propose and then decide to answer those five questions, guess what you try to do? You try to make those answers to be the correct answers, even though when they really cannot be the correct answers. You're trying to put a square inside a circle, you know, when you really can't. And then it's hard to break up because breakups hurt. You know, you, there's tears all the time. And, and so don't become a couple right away. You're really, you know, don't become exclusive. Uh, just, just be friends. Get to know each other as friends before you, become an, before you make it an exclusive relationship. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are learning. Praise God. All right. Are you guys ready for next one? All right. This is, this, guys, this is for you. The attraction trap. Her hair is so cute looking. How can someone not love her? Guys, I'm going to talk to you about this. Listen. It's a mistake to make relationship choices on the feeling, on the only feeling of attraction. Interpreting a strong attraction to someone as a sign that the relationship is a good choice and is meant to be is wrong. This approach results in a relationship failure when unsolvable problems surface because you ignore the red flags while you were infatuated, while you were in love. So just because she has the, the hair that you want a girl to have, or just because she has something else that you want a girl to have and you're so attracted to that person, does not mean that that's the person that you're going to be happy with in your life. The solution is to balance. Listen, it's a good word. Balance your attractions by remembering your goals and using them to screen potential people or partners who you want to marry, spouses. You need to have a balance. Just because she, you know, you think she has the best hair, you know, better looking than Barbie does not mean you guys are going to have a great marriage and a great relationship. You know? She can have a hair like, like Barbie, but bro, she's going to be feisty and, and, and fight. And, and she's, she's just going to be me. You know? So it's, it's not all about attraction. It's not all about the looks. There needs to be, there needs to be balance. Or, 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 or ladies, it could work for you too. You know? Just because he's, you know, he's got... You know, just because he looks somewhat like me <laughs> and got the curly hair. Come on, Alex. <laughs> does that mean, does not mean that's the person for you? Because you know what? You can get married to him and he's going to say, all right, let's go to India. And you're like, what? I don't want to go to India. I want to raise my kids in American school. You know? And I want my kids to be here and have cell phones and, and, and use a computer. And, 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 you know, and then all of a sudden, oh, you have different life goals. But you were attracted to him, or you were attracted to her. Well, see, attraction is not the main issue. It's, it's your goals in life. And, and let those be a deciding factor. Uh, not, not the fact that you're attracted to her. Balance it out properly, and that relationship will work. You guys ready for the next one? Yeah. The love trap. Man, I just can't live without her. This is when you, when you interpret the, the infatuation, the short-lived passion, or sometimes called lust, attraction or a need or attachment to someone as love. 
Man, just because, you know, you guys are in high school and, and you guys feel like, man, we are in love. And you got that feeling of love. And just because, you know, because we have love, everything else is going to work out. You know, sometimes we say it, especially in the Russian church, as long as there's love, you know, love will cover everything else. Well, listen, when you totally have different, uh, different values in life and different goals in life, love is not going to cover everything. Love is a feeling. Tomorrow, as, uh, you know, when, when you start getting in a fight, guess what? Tomorrow that love is going to be gone. Because love is a result. The feeling of love is a result of a good marriage. It could be gone tomorrow as soon as you get in a relationship, you know, in a, in a fight. The, 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 you know, the, the solution to this is, is uh, make conscious relationship choices by clearly understanding your goals and values and using them to screen potential people. What are your goals and values in life? And what's important for you? Those five questions, remember? Yeah. Use that. Not the feeling of infatuation or love. Just because you feel in love with somebody does not mean that's the person for you. Because you can be feeling in love with somebody and then tomorrow they become abusive. You know, you need to find out deeper about this person. Just because you're in love with him and you know what, you've never met his parents. You've never, uh, you know, you don't know anything about his personal life. But man, you guys are so in love. And guess what happens? This is especially true, uh, and today there's a lot of um, relationships that are, you know, started on computer, you know, uh, on the internet. Uh, especially, you know, there's male male bri- order bride, huh? Online dating. Well, I'm saying like male order brides from Russia. You know, this happens a lot, and I, I've met a lot of Russian people. You know, Russian. Russian people that get married to somebody, you know, say American, and how they did, you know, they got in, in contact through internet. And, you know, just because they were, you know, sweet and chatty on the, on the internet, does not mean that this person is not abusive, or this person is a, a criminal, you know, or this person is, is somebody who's, you know, just, just messed up, a rapist. You know what I mean? So, so you can fall in love with somebody, never seeing them. You know, maybe, maybe you fall in love with somebody and, and they sent you a picture really not of themselves. So you could have a feeling of love. It can come, a feeling of love can come without you ever meeting that person. See, love, the feeling of love is, it, it, it's, it's so, you know, it, it could lie. You know, it could, it can come and go very easily. So just because you have the feeling of love does not mean that that's, that's the person for you. You know, you need to look in a little bit deeper. Hey, what is this? Who is this person? What's his family like? What's his relationship with his mom like? Is he abusive? What are his goals in life? Those five questions, remember I told you about? Ask those five questions. And then once you answer those five questions, allow your love for them to grow. All right? Ready for the next one? My wife is ready. All right. The rescue trap. If only I was married, I would be able to do these math problems without any hardships. Hoping a relationship will solve your emotional and financial difficulties and bring you happiness and fulfillment, something like winning the lottery, is false. Believing that, you know what, if only I start to date somebody and, and, then, and then I'll become, you know, a better person. Uh, it's false. Believing that a relationship or a marriage is going to solve your financial problems 
It's a mistake. Listen, uh, believing that a relationship is going to rescue you from your misery, it's a mistake. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to bring that misery into your marriage. Because you got to be happy. Listen, uh, you need to be happy who you are. You need to be a whole, you know, W-H-O-L-E. You need to be one whole, you know, before you get married. Because listen, when one whole plus another one whole equals two holes. But when you're not really complete and satisfied, you're like 0.75. And you get married to somebody that's 0.75. Guess what? 0.75 plus 0.75 does not equal two. It equals 1.5. Even if you're a one, let's say you're a whole, you're one, but you get married to somebody that's 0.75, guess what? You still don't get two. You get 1.75. For a relationship to work and be happy and be excited, you need two holes, two ones. And then you have the complete number two. Even though you could be complete, but the person you're dating, you, you know that they've got issues in their life that they haven't dealt with, like credit card debt, you know? They've got tons of credit card debt, $20,000 worth or $50,000 worth. Or Dave Ramsey said, what, $200,000 one time? That's a person that's got some issues that they need to deal with. And if they think that, you know what, I'm 0.75, but I, I, you know, as, long, as long as I get married to a whole, then, then my life is going to change and everything's going to turn around. No, you're just going to bring your misery. You're going to bring your incompleteness into your marriage life, into your family. You know what? The, the best thing you need to do, the number one thing you need to do first, is you need to become a whole first. Don't, you have no right to go into a marriage relationship while you're incomplete. And so these young years, why are we talking about dating when you're you know, in high school? Because while you're still in high school, become a whole. All right? Become complete. And then you'll be very ready to go into a relationship. A solution in terms of the rescue trap. The solution is to again define your goals and values and live your life as a successful single person. Be whole first. Resolve emotional, financial, and other problems prior to seeking a lasting, committed relationship. So, in terms of a relationship, seek a position. Seek to be in a position position of choice, not not um, not need. You know, when you're a person and, and don't, don't feel like, man, you need somebody to make you happy. No, make it a choice. You know what, I choose to, this person because I just, you know, we're so compatible and we want to continue on in life. Uh, I got to tell you, and, and my wife will testify, uh, before I got married, man, I was running all over the world. You know, in one year, I'd fly three, four times overseas. You know, there was... Uh, there was no lack in my life. I wasn't walking around depressed, you know, if only I get married. And you know, I was, what, 23 when I got married? I wasn't walking around. And in our church in Seattle, if you're 20, over past 20, you're not married, deep doo-doo. The whole church, 3,000 people starts talking about you. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. And, and so, you know, here I am, uh, 23, and people are like, Russell's never going to get married, you know. And uh, You know what, I'm enjoying life. I'm traveling to India, traveling to Sri Lanka, traveling to Korea, traveling to Ukraine, and enjoying life. And and I I told some of you guys, I was running. While running, I I noticed that, you know, my wife, Tanya, she's running with me. 
You know, she went to the same college I went to. She went to India. I went to India. You know, I just, everywhere I go, she's running with me. I just said, hey, let's run together. You know, I wasn't in a, in a, in a position of, man, if only got married, then I'll be happy. No, it was, it was a position of choice. You know, I choose to, to run together with, with Tanya. It wasn't a position of, man, I need somebody to rescue me. So you feel, if you feel like, you know, uh, your, mar- your life is only going to get together when you get married, that's false. That's a mistake. Become, become complete now in Christ, which Alice was talking about. Work on your relationship with Christ now, and then you're going to have a successful marriage life. All right, a couple more. Time is going. Ooh, it's 8.30. Let's run through these. The codependent trap. Oh, the business partner trap. Uh, I'm good in math. You're good in English. Do you want to marry me? Listen. It's a mistake just because you guys, uh, you know, uh, you guys, uh, you know, business partner. What, what do business partners, why do people come together for business? You know, because one person can do one thing, another person can do another thing. And when they come together, they got a great business. So just because, you know, you can take care of the kids and, oh, and you make money. You know, oh, our marriage is going to work because I do good with the kids. He does good with the money. Our marriage is going to work. No. Marriage will not work just because, you know, you guys can function as a business. You know what that kind of a marriage is going to end up with? Two business partners living together. Sleeping on different beds. Because you know what? Business partners, they talk when it's, relation, when it's in relation to their business. But when it comes to personal items, when it comes to feelings, thoughts, emotions, plans, uh, you know, deep dreams, they don't share it with their business partner. They keep it to themselves. They only talk to each other when it's in relation to something personal. When, when it's in relation to their business. When you marry to somebody based on a business, you know, you fall into this trap and you marry somebody because, you know, they're good in something and, and I'm good in another thing and, and so we'll match. Listen, you'll talk about the stuff you guys match in, but then your personal feelings, your thoughts, you're just not going to be honest with each other. You're going to be two business partners living together in the same house. Maybe two people united for the purpose of raising some kids together. When really you're, you guys aren't you know, in love and, and enjoying life together, as a, marriage life together as it was meant to be. Don't fall into this trap. Let's, let's, let's move on to the next one. The entitlement trap. Uh, I'm a woman and we live in America. He must provide for me a Mercedes and a 6,000 square feet home. <laughs> Believing that you deserve to be happy... And get what you want in your life without effort or change on your part is a mistake. This is going to result in a relationship failure as you rely on your partner to bring happiness and fulfillment. Take personal responsibility for your life and relationships. Define your life purpose and live it while you're still single. You're not entitled to anything. Really. You know, what you want in life, you got to work for it and get it. Uh, when we came to America, this one guy, he was really good. There was some signs, you know, there was a big sign that says, uh, you know, we went to like, you know, to a store where there were cell phones. And there was a big sign that says, free, free, free. And we thought, man, free cell phones, cool. And this one guy took us aside and he says, listen, buddy, in America, there's nothing free. You know, just because the sign says free, really, you sign up for a two-year contract and they, they, they eat up your wallet. For the next two years. Listen, in life there's, there's nothing you're entitled to. You're not, girls, you're not entitled to a guy who's going to be making $6,000 a month and, and has a huge Mercedes or 
gets you a 6,000 square feet home. You have to work on it, all right? Guys, you're not entitled to, to some uh, supermodel who, you know, who's going to be also making big money because she's a supermodel and, and, and you're going to become famous. You, you have to work on it, all right? So you're not entitled to anything in terms of relationships. There's effort that needs to be on your part. Let's move on to the next one. What's your reality check? I saw him wave to a kid. He will be the best dad in the world. Believing that what you see is what you get is a mistake. Making long-term relationship decisions based on short-term impressions and, and instances instead of actual experience and knowledge is a mistake. Just because you saw a guy wave to a kid does not mean he's not abusive. Just because you saw a guy wave to a kid does not mean he's going to be a good dad. Well, what do you have to do? You need to look in a little bit deeper. What's his relationship with his mom? How does he talk to? How does he treat waiters? Is he somebody who's sensitive and fine? That's the questions you need to ask. You know, don't just assume something just because you've seen something. You know, a, a guy waving to a kid. Listen, just because I don't know, I don't know how. How, how to say this? Just because you you know, for a girl wise, I just don't want to hurt the girl's feelings. Just go. <laughs> no, let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, or hey, just because you assumed her, l- l- let's say this. Just because you you assume somebody's sitting behind a wheel of a car, does not mean they're a good driver, right? So so yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Listen, uh, you need to do some deeper homework. And the deeper homework is those five questions that I told you about in the beginning. Right? That's the homework you need to do. Don't assume something just because you saw something happen. Right? Let's, let's go on to the last one. Lone Ranger Trap. I don't need anyone's help finding a girlfriend. I'll find her myself. Believing that you don't need anyone's help in finding your life partner is a mistake. You do not take the opportunity when you believe that you know you don't need anybody's help you're by yourself and you're just going to do this by yourself you never talk to anybody on, about that area of your life you're just so private you don't talk to your friends about who you like who you don't like and you're just you're just closed up listen you don't take the opportunity to cultivate new friends this is going to result in isolation uh, and then you're going to begin to think man there's only a couple people left alive and if i don't get married to this one i'm just going to be uh, you know a virgin for the rest of my life and uh, listen, what I want to challenge you is develop a network of friends that, that support you in terms, of a, in terms of dating and relationships. Why? It's because when you leave the issue of dating so private that you don't talk to anybody, uh, guess, guess what can happen is you can marry, you, can get, you, you, you miss out on information. For example, you start to date somebody and, and you don't tell anybody. You know, you don't tell your best friend about it. But your best friend knows something about that person that you need to know. Like, for example, they were convicted of, of, you know, of rape or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's an extreme case. But, but when you don't share with friends about it, you know, when you don't have a support a network of, of friends around you, then you just, you just get isolated and so easy to make a mistake. The issue of dating and relationships, I challenge you, hey, have a, have a group of friends that you discuss it with. 
have a minister, somebody, somebody that you, you can share this with openly as well and, and talk about your relationships. And, and some of you are thinking, oh, this is, this is you know, whatever. This is, this is back, going back to the old times. And in the old times in Ukraine, in the Ukrainian church, if you wanted to get married, you didn't propose to the girl. You, you went to the minister, and the minister, you told the minister, then the minister went to the girl and proposed for you. You know, that's the way it was done. Or in India, you know, they have, they have arranged marriages. And, and, you know, the parents arrange marriages. And, and so the whole family's involved in choosing it. And you might say, oh, this is, this is wrong. This is not America. But guess what? Those marriages worked. In India, out of 10,000 marriages, one only divorces. So I guess there's something, there's something that works about, about uh, you know, getting the community involved, getting your friends, you know, just, just having a, a, support, a support group of friends. You know, your parents. Discuss with your parents. You know, hey, you're starting to date somebody. Talk with your parents about it. Talk with the minister about it. Keep it open. Don't, don't isolate yourself. Uh, don't be the long ranger thinking that I'm just, I'm just going to do this by myself. I don't need your help in this area of my life. Because, because you can make a mistake when you, get, when you fall in love and you're so infatuated with love, with the feeling of love, you can easily make mistakes. You know, when, when somebody's standing on the side, they can say, hey, listen, you know, things are good, but, but did you know about this person? You know, there's, it's just something that you need to know. I'm not talking about gossiping here. I'm just talking about, you know, you knowing some things that you need to know before you, get, you make a decision to, to get to marry to somebody. All right? Let's stand to our feet. Our time is, 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 uh, is moving quickly. Listen, I know dating and relationships is, is a, uh, sometimes a tough issue, especially, you know, uh, you guys are still all in high school, most of you, and so... You might think, hey, you know, it's a far away, far as, too far away. You know, I've got college and everything like that. And, you know, once you're done with college, that's when, and, and you're not getting married to somebody, that's when, you know, you're going to start saying, man, you know, what's, you know, what's going to happen? But young people want to challenge you and want to uh, ask you while you're still in high school. And, you know, maybe some of you are starting to date or, or, or whatever. I want to challenge you. Use this time right now to define your goals. To define your purposes. What is your life purpose? Also, I want to challenge you. Become complete. Become whole now. Okay? Become whole now. Don't, don't be a .75 married into somebody else. Because you're going to bring misery into that marriage. Alright? So number one, become whole. Become complete. Uh, number two, define your goals in life. What you want. And then use those goals in life. Use those five questions that I taught you earlier today. Use those five questions to determine whether or not you can proceed with the relationship. Uh, listen, my desire is that 10 years from now, right, or maybe 20 years from now, I will see you guys. We'll meet up again right here. All right? We'll meet up 20 years from now. All of you guys are going to be happily married. All right? and, and all of you are going to have a great relationship. And none of you has gone through a divorce court. None of you has gone through an abusive relationship. That's my desire for you. And listen, the way that can happen, you know how that can happen? It's if you really take what I taught about tonight and you apply it to your life. Those five questions that I taught you, you say, all right, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm definitely going to work at that. I want to take time before I make a decision to, to move on with somebody. I'm going to ask these five questions. I promise you, if you are complete, if your relationship with Jesus is solid, just like Joseph's, you ask those five questions, 
and you answer them correctly, you'll have an awesome marriage life. You enjoy every day. I, me and my wife, we, we love our life together. And I thank God every day for my, for my wife. We're, we have a great relationship. We laugh a lot together. We, uh, you know, we're, it, it's just great. And, and the reason why is we took our time. We, took our, we, we did our homework. I want to challenge you. Do your homework as well before you get married. Amen. Let's bow our, our heads right now. I just want to pray and bless you guys. Father, I want to thank you so much for tonight. I want to thank you for these young people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that they have came, came to church tonight, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, for their passion for you, for, for serving you, God. Thank you so much. Lord, today we talked about dating and relationships. And for those that are not married, that's a very cool topic to discuss. And it's, uh, it could be cool, especially the first days. I remember when I started dating, it was so special. But Father, I want to pray, Lord, a prayer of blessing and protection over these people. That each and every one of them, Father, in their life will make the correct choice, especially whom they get married to. Father, I pray that not, not one person in this room is going to get married.